Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. We are halfway through season four, and I am so excited about my guest today. She is a social media consultant, a digital strategist, and my personal friend on Twitter, who I absolutely love following, Ms. Brittany Warwick. Did I say your last name right? It's Warwick? Yes, it's Warwick. And it's also Warwick for Aunt Deanna as well, but don't tell anybody. Oh, well, they're going to hear it on the podcast. Don't tell me. <laughs> But I'm sure you probably ask people, people probably ask like, why are y'all's last names different? All the time. And for me, it's like <laughs> Google is free, but also I'll tell you, you know, they spelled it wrong on her first album and she's just like, okay, that's it. <laughs> well, you know, that's what happened with Oprah as well. Her name's Orpa. What? Yeah. Did I just drop a bomb on you? <laughs> yeah. Her real name's Orpa and they kept misspelling it and mispronouncing it. So she's like, I'm just going to go with Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> black people like that right that's that's girl that's a whole nother conversation being called linsa or something weird like it's true yeah and you know there is this interview do you know um uzo adobash who was on um orange is the new black uh yes 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 she played crazy eyes yeah so she had a really great conversation that her mom was like never forget to challenge people if they misspell your name because if they can pronounce Tchaikovsky if they can pronounce Chekhov they can pronounce all these other names they can pronounce Uzo Adoba and I'm like you know what yes I actually heard that quote and I'm like yeah exactly like it's it's sort of like a microaggression not even sort of it is it is they still do it with Kamala Harris huh they always misspell her name I know I know Yes. Well, that's good to know about about Auntie Dion. So, <laughs> but she just went with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, She's very laid back. I love it. I can tell on her Twitter. <laughs> well, what also what also drew me to you is that I love that you are in the digital marketing space. And from my vantage point, you don't really see a lot of females, let alone Black females, get into that game. So, was there anything specific in your life that led you to kind of want this to be your occupation and be your passion? Because I can tell that you do have a passion for it. And I love that as you grow and become a business leader and become a business mogul, there are going to be younger Black girls that can look to you and say like, oh, I want to get into digital marketing. So any, what happened for you to know, like, this is what I want to do? Oh, that's such a good question. I, um, you do you remember MySpace, obviously. Of course. Um, we were, I mean, I'm dating myself and probably you as well, but remember like on MySpace when we would like be coding and like making our own pages and like really customizing the page to be like who we are and who we want to present out to the world. I mm-hmm. really love that. And um, I've always had an eye for like colors and how, how people feel. And I'm really like empathic in that way of like tuning in the people's vibes. Um, and that just kind of went together for me. I um, went on tour with Aunt Dion and I was just like, hey, can I do your social media? I kind of just asked her and she at that point was just like, sure, whatever, because like she didn't care about social media. So it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, if my niece wants to do this thing that I'm not doing, then whatever. Yeah. Um, but also I went to school for psychology. So I um, am sort of tapped into this collective consciousness, um, energetic sort of like vibe. I'm really tapped into that, like sort of like spiritual space, um, where it's like, I know that we're all one. We all Mm -hmm. have, we have the same sort of like vibrations and frequencies. And, um, you know, when we're putting stuff out into the world, you need need to really be mindful of like that aspect of it. Like, 
how is the world feeling right now? What state of mind is the world in right now? And I really like learning more about those things. So I really like um, marry my, my uh, psych education with social media, and which I think it's why I like it so much because everybody's so different, but we're mm. the same. Yeah, And it's really fun and exciting to learn where that those two meet together. For sure. What has been the most challenging thing? Because obviously social media is ever changing and it's, sometimes it's like hard to catch up. So as you're, you know, planning campaigns for people or even just trying to keep up with themes and, and, you know, different trends, what has been the hardest thing for you in this space? I think, you know, it's really hard to learn the client. Um, mm. Everybody's so different. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'll have hospitality clients that are like, they want Beyonce numbers. I'm like, you're not, you're not going to get Beyonce numbers. No one's going to get Beyonce numbers. But so Beyonce. <laughs> and I'm like, you're doing well for a restaurant, but you're not like Beyonce. You're not, you're just not. And so it's yeah. hard to kind of like, educate the client on their key point indicators and the touch points that will be going throughout their campaign mm -hmm. um, and keeping them humbled mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because when you come back and you present those numbers, like the progress report, they're going to expect Beyonce numbers, right. even though you told them that it's not happening. Um, so I think that's sort of the hardest part is to sort of like keep your client humbled and grounded and have them sort of, you know, consistent across the board with the expectations, yeah. keeping them down to earth. Do you ever feel that you get pushback from clients being a black female? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, when I come into like a meeting or something like that, if it's over the phone, I'm so well-spoken that you don't know, mm. which is another, it's a whole another other conversation. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. But then when we get on Zoom or we're in person, we have like a meeting or something like that, and they see me, it, the whole the whole perspective sort of shifts and I have to like prove myself every single time in that room, which at this point, I don't care. So like, I'll say whatever. I'm like on Dion, but like in my 30s. <laughs> I don't care. And so I, I remember one time I had a client that sort of was like giving me pushback on um, the campaign that I was rolling out for two companies for them. And they were like, well, we, we were just going to go with this other team because, you know, it just seemed like they knew, you know, what they were talking about more. And I was like, I want to let you know that the only reason you like, you like that presentation is because they put the, uh, the color orange in there. Hmm. Did you realize that the color orange, that's it. That's all that grabbed you because orange means X, Y, and Z. And I had to like rattle off all these things for them. I'm like, you do know that we offer the same services. They're just inflating their prices. Mm. Like just say you have a diversity issue and go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. it's, it, it's interesting because I think people don't realize how many obstacles and hoops you have to jump through just one being a woman, being yeah. your business owner, being an entrepreneur. But when you do add race to it, it is an additional factor. And people think that we're crazy when we say things like that. Like I have, you know, I own a music agency. I, I book, you know, bands and performers for weddings, corporate events, things like that. And it's the same thing, you know, over email, 
they don't know what race you are. You get on the phone, you got to do the code switching thing to present yourself a certain way, which is an element that other people don't have to worry about. Other, yeah. Pretty much black people are the ones that have to worry about it. I'm sure other races may have to, but it's really a thing for our community. But then when you get that Zoom meeting or that in-person meeting, you feel that energy shift. It's exactly. almost immediate. Like they're like, oh. It's immediate. And what sucks for me is <clears throat> I also have shared the last name Warwick. So mm -hmm. it's like, for me, it's like, it, it, there is that sort of like shift in perspective, but then they're like, oh, are you related to Whitney Houston, Dionne Warwick and all this stuff? And then they start treating me different. I'm like, yeah. oh, like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that at all. So yeah. then I, I sort of go into these meetings, not even, I don't talk about it. I was raised to just, everybody's the same. Like who cares who your family is? I don't care what people do for a living. Mm -hmm. I care about who you are on the inside. That's yeah. how I was raised. People aren't like that. Yeah. So I have to like refrain from divulging certain facts about myself yeah. to these meetings. Um, You're like, hire me because I'm qualified and I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this since I graduated high school. Yeah. I'm in my yeah. I'm 21 now. Like yeah. I'm at, at the top of my career right now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And you, before I was at a point where I didn't want to like brag about, I'm not bragging, but you know, like own it, be yeah. confident, but I'm very proud of myself and where I've gotten, mm -hmm. you know, and the experience that I had, have and the opportunities that I've been blessed with. Um, and I got there on my own. Yeah. You yeah. know? I love that. You know, and I, I want to shift gears a little bit because one of the things that also drew me to you is that you're very, very passionate about speaking out about mental health yes. and having grown up around entertainment. How has the conversation surrounding mental health kind of shifted? Because I feel like specifically even within the black community, it's almost like, and I joke about this, but people are like, is it true? It's like, you know, you don't need Jesus. I mean, you don't need a therapist. You only need Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just a, it's like a black thing. And there's almost like this level of shame, like when you feel like you need to talk about things. So from your vantage point, you know, have you seen the conversation shift a little bit? Do you feel like people like your family or, or even you yourself feels more comfortable talking about it? And why have you decided to make it, you know, a, a part of your brand and, and what you speak about? Um... I've always felt things very deeply as a person um, ever since I can remember. Um, like my heart aches for people who are experiencing homelessness. And that's something that it's always been as a little girl, that's just how I am. And um, I always knew that something was different about me growing up, but you know, my, I had young parents and so it was kind of hard to like pinpoint there. I was one of four, um, which I'll get to in a second. And um, I just, I just felt things very deeply and growing up, it wasn't really something that we spoke about because my mother grew up in a very religious household. Mm -hmm. My dad sort of grew up not speaking about stuff. Right. So it, it, it wasn't really something that was like a common core conversation in our household. Now, fast forward to um, me just being sort of sad all the time in my like early twenties, I always tell people like, depression is it can come at any moment right but I think in your 20s when you're sort of like realizing oh shoot I'm an adult now I have to do all this stuff I'm in the real world um it really hits you and a lot of people experience depression in their early 20s and mm -hmm. I was one of them didn't help that my brother died in mm -hmm. 2012 when I was in my early 20s and so not only was I experiencing depression I had you know severe anxiety um, and I was grieving. 
and I had to go to therapy for that. And it was one of those moments where it was like, there's no choice but to speak about it. My parents were very worried about me. I was in a very dark place. I had to move home and sort of like regroup, um, restore my faith. Like it was a bunch of like um, come to Jesus moments that I had. And from that point forward, mental health has been such a common conversation in my family Be because it's like, oh, we, we've seen it firsthand. I can tell anybody in my family, in my family, Hey, I'm not having a good time. I'm not having a good month or a good week or whatever it is. I need to take some space. And then immediately they're just like, okay, let me know if you need me, blah, blah, blah. So I'm very outspoken about mental health because it's sort of like I'm healing my inner child. Mm. Um, it's not that I didn't have anybody there for me. They didn't know to be there for me because of, you know, the way that they, they grew up. <clears throat> I had a very good upbringing, but I just feel like talking about it sort of breaks that stigma, you know, piece by piece. Yeah. And, um, we're again, collective consciousness. We are all in this together. And one of the biggest, you know, things for me and my family is, you know, be there for one another. It doesn't matter what this person does for a living. It doesn't matter if you do this or whatever. It doesn't matter if you don't do anything at all love everybody. So you'll see me like on the timeline offering mental health. I paid for a, a bunch of headspace subscriptions last week because I thought, Oh my gosh, like we're in a pandemic. If I have it like that, let me help some people. Yeah, yeah. Headspace is a great app. Yeah. I'm not sponsored by headspace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell people that all the time. Um, but do sponsor me. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, yeah, I am very outspoken about mental health because I feel like it should it should be at a point where we're not considered outspoken anymore. Mm. It should be a common conversation. And so I think everybody should be speaking about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. If they're comfortable. For sure. And I feel like though with performers, you know, and I'm sure, you know, having like you like growing up around entertainment with your aunt and with Whitney, like there's this probably a fear, you know? to even explain like, Hey, I'm not feeling great today or I'm, I'm in a bad space, you know, cause there's, you feel like the, the pressure of the world is probably on you to make people money to please everybody else. If you have a bad day, then, you know, what's going to happen, you know, and I'm sure you've heard those conversations growing up often. It's, I have, and it's, it's very, and I have friends in the industry as well. Mm -hmm. So I get it from like, the millennial perspective, yeah. every generation I've seen it. And it's just, you know, it, it does seem that everything revolves around the talent, right? So when you're, you're, you're in that setting, like everybody seems to be circling around the talent in the center, but the talent that's sitting in the center feels like they're circling around the crew and everybody that's helping because it's like, you can't let anybody down. Mm -hmm. People are on the clock people are yeah. getting paid people are doing their best work and showing up and so you try to do your best to show up as well which is like extremely hard when you're going through a deep dark situation and I think that speaks to not enough um mental health care you know what I'm saying like even yeah. if you can afford it it's like when do I have the time to do that I know yeah. like you know you get we get physicals pretty often just to make sure our body's okay, but our brain, it's a part of that. So I just feel like 
we need to have regular sessions, like whether you're going through a mental health crisis or not, I feel like it's good to go and check in with a therapist and talk about things. Um, because unresolved grief, depression, anxiety, always, always spirals into a co-occurring mental health issue. Um, it's, you know, so yeah. That's a valuable point. I didn't even think about it until you said it now. It's like, yeah, we get physical like once a year, maybe twice a year, but okay. it's all for our bodies and not for our minds. Exactly. For in, in, internal, that internal stuff can be a killer, like legitimately yeah. a killer. And yeah. there's just not enough emphasis. I mean, again, this is another conversation about healthcare in this country because there's yeah. no emphasis on it. I mean, there's a whole bunch. I feel like every time I do one of these podcasts, I'm like, that's another conversation, another conversation, because there's so many, you know, sub, so much subtext. But healthcare in this country is an issue. It's an issue. I mean, look at what we're going through now. It's like freaking Hunger Games to try to get a damn vaccine. Exactly. Like, and what? <laughs> nephews. I have three beautiful nephews, all under the age of five. And I worry about them yeah. because, you know, for me, it's like, and maybe for you too, but it's like, I think that children should have mental health care as well. Mm. You know, especially you, in the black community, especially in the black community. And I think another point to that is I think like our generation, we're doing um, our best work to break generational curses. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's getting a little bit better um, as we progress as a culture but um as a little girl I felt like mm, I should be speaking to someone about this you know like eight or nine and I just you know I think that children should have that outlet as well and I think yeah. that people take children seriously when it comes to like their feelings and stuff like that um but it's very valid and mm. when you don't treat a child that's hurting because you're just put you know passing it off as oh like they're just being six years old or whatever yeah they're too young to know what this feels yeah. like or if this is real yeah that develops into like personality disorders and then we see you know school shootings and things like that like th that's really deep dark stuff yeah I couldn't agree more I I definitely think that that's something that needs to be implemented and encouraged because and I, and I, I want to get out of the stigma of also thinking you know if you do get your child help that like it's bad parenting. It's a good parenting. It's actually it's great parenting. parenting. Yes. You know, or you're, you're like weak because you couldn't handle the problem with your child. It's like, no, not yeah. at all. Leave it to somebody yes. that is trained to do this, to help your children. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. stems also from our culture though. That's what our parents were taught and that's what yeah. their parents were yeah. taught. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's so amazing to watch, you know, fellow like African-American you know, people raise their children in such a different way. Like just watching my sister, my brother, parent, their children. It's just like, they use, you know, speak your feelings, like use your words. And like, they don't really shut them out and say like, Hey, like you're fine. Yeah. You're yeah. all right. They let, they really want to talk about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that, that small, I'll tell you a little uh, story. Um, my oldest nephew is four years old and he is, just super smart. Um, I don't know if you saw the tweet about this, but I tweeted about it because I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's really interesting. I was on FaceTime with him and he was playing a video game and he was showing me, it was like some Lego game. I don't know if you're familiar with the Lego games yet. Um, but no, she's not, Sienna's not old enough yet, but I'm sure I'll get there. <laughs> but, you know, he was playing this game and he couldn't um, 
he couldn't do something on the game and he started whining and i was like hud his name's hudson he's like why are you whining it's like that's not even like that's so small you're a big boy right and he goes tt i have feelings he was like sometimes i get sad and sometimes i have to have those feelings and i was like oh, you're right wow. that's completely my sister was like she couldn't even say anything she was like yeah well like he's not wrong like you I know that. and that's that. that's a testament to to good solid conversational parenting mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. having your child feel free enough to say i feel sad or say i have feelings like this it's it's really um we're really breaking those curses down yeah and i love that but in terms of the industry like what would you like to see from them as a whole in terms of addressing mental health talking about it just in general because i know it's a loaded question because there's probably so much but yeah that's probably just the first step um it's really hard because like when a celebrity or public figure speaks out about mental health it's a whole conversation in a magazine or a blog like it's like oh my gosh so and so just just spoke out on anxiety and i'm like Anxiety is such a common occurring mental health issue. Mm-hmm. This is not something that should make the front page of Vanity Fair because Dakota Fanning decided she wanted to talk about panic attacks and that, and it's perfectly valid to, to want to speak out about it. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is it, it shouldn't be such like a, a shock and awe moment at this point. out of proportion and that probably makes the person feel even worse. Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, like they're an anomaly almost like it's not normal. Exactly. exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, we, this is like, look at the stats. This is so common, yeah. you know, yeah. why aren't we in a place where there's just like mental health segments on shows where we talk about it for a second, we talk about the stats, we go down the line with like good treatment and things like that. Why don't we do the same thing that we do in the news with pop culture? They have different segments and stuff like that. It needs to be a common conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope that we can get to that point in the industry because there's no way that the demands of artists, producers, performers in general, that they can't suffer, that they're not all suffering from some form of mental health. Yeah. Be it anxiety, be it panic attacks, be it stage fright, be anything, you know, and you can't expect what some of these, you know, companies and studios and labels expect from humans. Because the, the funny thing about it also is that all those people that are expecting from, you know, from those artists, they wouldn't be able to do it themselves. Exactly. You know? exactly. That's another thing where it's like, that's a totally, again, another conversation. <laughs> people critique others' artwork all the time. And I'm like, oh, can you do it though? Yeah. Show me how you can do it just a little bit better. And then I'll listen to you. Like people critique music all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, vocalists all the time, any, any kind of art form. And I'm like, can you do that though? Cause that's kind of hard what they're doing. Yeah. And also yeah. it's, it's really hard to put yourself out there at all for fear of people like you. It's vulnerable. So vulnerable. It's so vulnerable. Yeah. vulnerable. But, um, you were saying something about, um, Oh, I was going to say imposter syndrome is also a thing. Mm, mm-hmm. like, yeah. You have this huge platform and you're trying to put out your, your art and things like that, but you also feel like, oh, can I reproduce this again? Can I do this again? If you have one huge like peak at your career, it's like people are going to expect that. 
level. Always, yeah. Always or higher. And you sort of have that and that in turn makes angst, anxiety come forth. And For sure. it's all cyclical. Yeah, yeah. All cyclical. Yeah, and I, I think that there just needs to be space and time for everybody and it shouldn't be a big deal when they need it we're all human you know you know we all have feelings we all have our stressors and everything and I think that artists need to be treated like humans more often yes. um and that's what I what you see a lot you know I, I've been a singer my whole life and I, I've always been an independent artist and uh of course, growing up, you're like, oh, I want to be signed. I want to be like Whitney Houston. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then you see <laughs> the damage that gets done to these people that you look up to. And you're like, I don't know if I want that anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't know if I want to deal with that. And everybody, I think to an extent, everybody kind of thinks that, oh, I'll be able to handle it. I'll be able to handle it. And it's like, hard. nobody can handle it. Very hard. You know, um, I see it all the time, obviously, like, you know, going on tour on Dion, I have this running joke with my cousin because we're like, everybody is like being weird. Like we have this moment in the back, in the backstage in the green room. We're like, Oh, people are going to, she has like meet and greets and stuff like that. And we'll say something like, we're going to go into our dressing room, which is just her dressing room. Cause she's in the show, but like I'm on tour and bye. I'm in the <laughs> So then I made them put my name in the door. It's really funny. That's um, hilarious. calls us the Bob C twins. That's another conversation. <laughs> um, but we'll have this moment where like people are coming in to meet on Dion and we're like, oh, people are going to start being weird. So we're going to leave. Like, it's very strange how people treat celebrities. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because on Dion is the most down to earth person you will ever meet. She's an auntie, like for real, for real. For real though. Like literally, like I remember one time she had to go to sound check, but I was very sick. I think we were in Australia or something. She was like, mm -mm, we're going to go get you some medicine right now. I was like, you have, you have sound check. She was like, I know these songs that you were going to get. I mean, like, I've been does. singing these songs my whole life. I know them. <laughs> yeah, I know them. So like, she, she really is an auntie. She's not like this Devo that she's like, Oh, well I need to like have this and that and blah, blah, blah. Like she's very like her writer is hilarious. It's just so like, she doesn't want a bunch of stuff. I love that. I love that. That's that's yeah. great. So now I want to know how you got her on Twitter. Because she's been lighting uh, Twitter up. <laughs> and we got to hear this story. It's more of like pandemic boredness. You know, like we're all at home and it, I've been working on her social team for a very long time. Like I built her present up, presence up. That's That's been my job, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been happy to sit in the background. I did not think that she was going to name me in the in the these interviews. And when she did, I was like, You're like no, 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 no. Social anxiety. I'm like, ma'am. Oh. Now I have to talk to people. It's fine. I'm working through it. <laughs> um, but I was just like, you know, one day I was like, you know what? we're not on tour. We're not doing anything. Like I know that you don't really like know about socials, but like, I think you should get on Twitter. I think you should like, you're really funny. Like, and also you, you're one of those like older people that don't care. Mm -hmm. Doesn't care. I love it. And it's sometimes I have to be like, sorry um, about that. <laughs> but I'm like, why don't you go on Twitter and just like talk to people. And it was like one of those moments where it was like, uh, I, my strategy is sort of like on the fly chaos. 
I did an entire series. Um, I think it was maybe two weeks ago where I was like sharing little like tidbits of like how I do strategy. Yeah, and, like, I remember that. And stuff. Yeah. And the whole thing is just very chaotic. So I was like, this will this will read well. But I called her up and as part of the strategy, I was like, hey, we're going to do Twitter. I don't care. You're at home. Tell me you have something to do. Where do you have to go? We're in a pandemic. And now she loves it. That's awesome. Yeah, I love I love the things. She's so real. She'd be calling people out too. It's hilarious. It's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Someone followed her on Twitter yesterday. I will not name them. But Aunt Dion was like, no. I was like. Like she's not going to follow them back? No. She's like, no. <laughs> no. She was engaged. She was like, mm-mm. No, I'm like, okay, uh, no problem. Oh my Not an issue. Gosh. Yeah. She's just very, very real. I love that. I love your relationship and I love that you got her on Twitter. Yeah. So, so let's shift back to then, you know, you being a social media consultant and a digital strategist, you know, what's next for you? Are you working on any campaigns that you can talk about? And for anybody that does want to get into this space, how would you, you know, give them advice on where to start? Um, oof. I'm working with some HBCUs um, that I can't really name. I'm also working with some governments and like islands, Virgin Island governments, Mm -hmm. um, working on some like really important work there. Um, My hand, I have my hand in a lot of hats, Mm -hmm. a lot of different spaces. So um, I'm working with a huge cider house right now building up their presence and expanding their market and working with HBCUs, helping to expand and update their libraries and their web pages and their social platforms and channels, working with um, animal shelters, Mm. like government animal shelters, um, which to me, it's like, I, this is a, probably a tidbit that people would want to do, want to learn about if they're trying to get into the business is to learn every space in the industry um, really take the time. I know it's fun to do like entertainment and work for Nike and all that stuff, but it can be fun anywhere. If you know your market and you Mm -hmm. know your client. Um, so yeah, coming up for me, I'm doing a lot of like different important work. Aunt Dion is doing some really fun stuff coming up, um, that I'm really excited about. Um, hopefully tour, you know, starts up at the end of the year. God willing, if it's safe yes. enough. If everybody gets a freaking vaccine. Exactly. Hopefully. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. And so I have some fun stuff coming up for her there. And I think if you if you want to get into the industry, I think you shouldn't be afraid to start at the ground level. Mm. I think when people go into socials and the social world, they think, oh, well, I have my own social media. I could just go in at, at an elevated role. Not the same. Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn agency aspects you have to learn like where where the bar is like where your um lane is Mm -hmm, overstepping mm -hmm. is super easy to do if you just jump into social media green at an elevated role and not really learn the basics so um don't be afraid to take up internships paid internships yes (laughs) my gosh people have lost their minds paid internships go to an agency um even PA work, I feel like if you're in, if you want to do the entertainment space, start at a PA role and learn the crew. 
because the social person is running around that place. Yeah. Make friends with that person. Valid you know point. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I know we talked about some challenges within this, the digital marketing space, but what is the most rewarding aspect of it? <sighs> seeing, um, seeing the success, like, you know, it's really trust the process situation where you're like, is this going to work? Yeah. You, know, you do your testing, your A-B testing, you do the necessary research and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But mm-hmm. Really, you don't know until you do it. Right. Like yesterday, I had this on the fly strategy call where I was just like, I'm going to just, you just go and you be. Yeah. And she was trending at number one. Amazing. And it's Amazing. one of those things where it's like, you have to really apply the basics to everything that you do. It's always back to the basics. But once you get um, at a certain position and um, peak in your career, you can sort of take that spin on it. So, you know, it's pretty exciting for me to be able to apply my knowledge in different ways um, with all my clients and to see the different outcomes. Mm-hmm. I stuff. love that. I love what you're doing. And I'm so glad that we got the opportunity to chat. Yeah. Let everyone know where they can follow you so they can keep up with your great work. Yes. Um, you can follow me at Brittany Warwick, but with two R's, W-A-R-R-I-C-K. And then Brittany is with an I at the end. You'll find me. thank you love and uh, to the listeners thank you so much for listening make sure you follow Brittany because her Twitter is lit trust me (laughs) (laughs) and we'll we're gonna take a week off from we need to talk and we'll be back with another episode thanks bye guys bye